smart and work hard, but just aren't where or who you want to be. Welcome to your podcast, Real Confidence. I'm your host, Alyssa DeVere, and I'll be sharing a bit of brain science, some surprising social secrets, and a touch of tough love. Why? Because I believe confidence is everyone's fundamental right and choice. So let's get to it. I'm here with Justin McClintock, and he's the owner of Feel Strong Fitness. What hooked me when we were communicating online is that he really is focused on helping people get confident to go back and do some workout, whether it is through some kind of a trauma or you just don't not feel in the love after COVID, whatever it might be. So we're going to focus on this topic of how do you get back into the fitness lane when you're just not feeling the love. Justin, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the invitation. Well, you know, it's an invitation for the audience to learn something that I'm very selfish because I'm one of those people, like I used to be a bit of a gym rat, admittedly, former athlete, and I haven't done much of anything for a really long time. And even just going up the stairs right now, is like a workout. So what do you hear most often these days? Like, what's the excuse? What are, what are people telling you? There's three that overlap a lot for me and that I'm, is in the area that I'm really passionate about. One is people who have been in chronic pain for a long time. They've had something keeps coming up and it could be as serious as it takes me 20 minutes to get out of bed every day, like something pretty debilitating. It might just be every time I try and work out or even walk more than 10 minutes, my knee starts hurting. The, the third is people who used to be active, used to be in fitness, used to go to the gym and real life kids, career, COVID have all conspired. They've been out of it for a while and they don't see a way back in. And honestly, all three of those people often have similar solutions. Well, they're not three people, they're me. Well, there <laughs> so, it is. So, you know, I, I, you know, one of the things that I, I am, am totally confessional here, right? Because I'm a hyper-motivated person. If there's something I want done, it gets done. People know that about me. But this one area I suck at. Why? Why do people suck at this? What is it about physical fitness or just moving that people are so not good at? I think it seems so big and so daunting that people don't even know where to start. So I really like breaking it down. I have five elements, one of which is confidence. It's the five C's that will help people. I frame it as returning from injury, but it's really return to fitness, return to sport, return to activity. What's the hardest thing? to like Consistency. What? Consistency. Consistency is every, if there's a bedrock of any results, it is making something a daily practice. It doesn't have to be the gym. It doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be 45 minutes. It can be three minutes, but doing something every day, that's how habits and routines are built oh. both ways. Not doing something every day is also how habits are built. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something in there that I want to pull out as a little neuro nugget for those of you who are listening, because you're listening, because we do brain science stuff is yes, we're talking about a physical habit or building the physical habit, but it starts in your head, right? It is that moment that you say, okay, uh, this isn't okay. I'm going to do this and subsequently do it, as you said, consistently. So let's let's look, break that down a little bit. What is the turning point for people? When do they go, it is enough? Or what happens when they go, I, I, I got to just do something different? You mean around consistency or on being able to stick to the practice? Well, yes, ultimately. But like, you know, people are tuned into this just because there's something that we put in there that said, okay, it's time for me to get moving again. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Or is there a doctor? Like what, what has to happen before people go, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to start moving this big body of mine. Unfortunately, it's usually that moment. There's always a turning point. If I end up in a consult with a client or referring someone to another gym or trainer or physical therapist, whatever it might be, usually there's a moment that happened. And I always ask about that. And it's, you know, I was going up the stairs and I had to take a break or my three-year-old was on the floor and I realized I was worried to get down and play with them. A lot of times there's a lot of emotion around it. It isn't, you know, I, my mile was 30 seconds slower than it was last year. And I'm feeling terrible about that. People will, but that's often not enough to take a big step forward. And we're talking about significant change, like committing to some kind of movement on a regular basis is a big deal. It is changing your lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like it's not age dependent or gender dependent. Not at all. I, I reject the idea that people can't move as well or are more likely to get injured or things like that as they get older. People are more likely to let these things fall by the wayside because life gets busy and priorities change. Yeah. But I have I have 75 year old clients who are jumping and running and doing all kinds of things. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'll use my selfish self here. <laughs> the, I love it. The poster child, because, you know, going up the stairs, I, it annoys me that my knees hurt. I, it annoys me that I can't. We went to Greece this summer and I was huffing and puffing going up all the stairs there. And I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. And then I would give myself the excuse. Well, you're not so young anymore. And I'm like, yes, I am. So, you know, I think there's a lot of that self-talk, that yin and yang, almost like get off your chair. And then at the same time, you're like, yeah, be compassionate. And I, I'd love for you to comment on if somebody comes to you and they say, I want to do this, but I'm scared or I'm so out of shape. Like, what is the like mindset shift that you help them? Like, what should they think about so they can actually become consistent at something? Well, we'll do it sort of in three steps. So first of all, we'll try and outline what the dream is. If I could press this magic button and make everything you want to have happen as far as movement, health, wellness, what would it be? And people will often aim too low. Well, I just want to be able to walk up the stairs without pain. No, no, no. Like, let's assume we'll get there. If I could press a button and you didn't hurt, what would you do? Oh, well, I, I used to go on hikes every weekend with my friends and we haven't done that for a while because we're not sure. Okay, let's aim there. And maybe that's two years away. I, I truly don't know, depending on the person. Let's aim there. Contrast that with what we've given up or what you miss right now. Not in a fear-based way. We're not trying to twist the knife in anyone's pain. But in your day-to-day -day life, how is this issue affecting you? And that will really start to highlight all of the adjustments people have already made, which they, they don't always realize. Like, oh, yeah, like I take the escalator now and I, I drive distances I didn't used to or I, I turn down social engagement engagements that in the past I would have been happy to do, but I'm a little worried about now. Pairing these things together and then explaining that getting to this goal is a million baby steps. It's not going from sitting on your couch to a 10 mile hike in the woods. Mm -hmm. It's going from your couch to a walk around the block. Let's aim for that. And then people will laugh like, oh, I can walk around the block. Oh, well, we already knocked out step one. That's great. Well, what about if we walk around the block a little bit faster? Oh, I could probably do that. And you start dialing in and dialing in and dialing in on what this progression is going to be because getting better is all the, it's no one workout. It's no one day. It's no one practice. It's that consistency building and building and building. And the more you do it, you start to see how you're capable. It starts to bleed into everything else in your life. And suddenly you feel incredibly confident. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm a confidence coach. We have a certification program. You're a fitness coach, but we say the same stuff and we're doing the same stuff, which is 
just confirming for people, you have to take that step, celebrate it, recognize that you did it, and then maybe push a little bit more and then, uh, you know, report back, have some accountability buddies like you and I. And I think it's, it's, it's fascinating. And again, you know, I don't want to underscore that I think your job is actually sometimes harder than mine. Because, I, you know, you can talk through confidence stuff, you can have mind shifts, but you're asking people to make mind shifts and physical habit changes. So, you know, I, what I would like to do is take a quick sponsor break and then queue up some really specific things that you can recommend for our listeners that if they're here and they're like, I want to do this, I don't know where to start, I don't know what to do, how can they get on the road to uh, to making those changes in their lives? Is that cool? Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back. This podcast was sponsored by the American Confidence Institute. ACI trains smart, hardworking people how to use basic brain science to more effectively coach themselves and others. ACI is endorsed by top universities, the Strategic HR Management Association, and International Coaching Federation. Learn more about ACI's uniquely empowering keynotes, workshops, e-classes, and coaching certification at www. AmericanConfidenceInstitute.com. We're back here talking with Justin McClintock, and he's going to help me and everyone who's listening figure out how to get back to the road to fitness. So talk to me, Justin, like practical first steps are what? So the first thing I would do is uh, you can write this down. You can do this stuff from your couch. And this is how I talk about confidence around fitness and return to sport. Uh, I want you to write down what is your big fear? The number one, whether it's health, wellness, your body. Why does that fear exist? How often do you feel it? And write these things down every day, 20 times a day, once a week. It crosses my mind. Today, as you're writing this, are you more confident or concerned about what your body can do? That's a great indicator. If we're more confident, you're already on the road. You're already doing good work. If you're concerned, you might need some help. And that's totally reasonable. I think everyone needs help. Coaches need coaches. Are you worried that you can't do things you used to be able to? Does your mind spend time in the past? That's a little bit of a dangerous place mindset-wise. And shifting that around, what excites you the most about starting to improve your health and working towards vitality, longevity, wellness? Because just by writing this down, if someone's been doing this, they've already taken a step forward, which is really important. They're already starting to do the work. Yeah, no, it's a good point, you know, and so for me, again, we'll use me as the guinea pig today, because I am really the poster child here, is this fear that I'm not going to be here for my grandkids. It's the fear that I can't do all these fun things like take trips and walk around like it's very visual to me, but it's also very, very scary. And I think that the distance between the paper and then doing something, I'd like to close that gap a little bit. So yes, I know what I fear. I understand it. In some cases, it's a little irrational because it's certainly in my control here. What do I do next? Let's write down that dream. What's the big goal? Let's use that, that earlier example I described, someone who wants to go on a 10-mile hike and doesn't believe they can do. Let's start breaking that down to its smallest possible component. I guess the smallest possible component would be one step. Are we good with one step? Sure. Great. Yeah. What's a bigger number? Could we do 100? depending on your situation, that might be, there are people who don't do hundred steps in a day. Fine. Let's aim for that and start building up that sort of like background, slightly passive. I'm going to hit this step count in a day. When you do at the end of the day, write it down this many steps. And how do you feel? Are you tired? Are you sore? Are you feeling pretty good? 
that will start reinforcing that you're capable of these things. And then we can start layering in elements. Do you want to do it a little bit longer, a little bit faster? Are there time goals? Are there distance goals? Maybe we're working in intervals. We're going to walk at a leisurely pace, but every five minutes, we're going to walk really fast for 30 seconds. Push yourself. What's it like to like hit tiny bits of intensity? You can start building up and building up and building up. And suddenly you have miles under your belt. Nice. Nice. Now this technique, if you will, this methodology that you're saying, it sounds like you can even coach people without physically being there. Is that true? Constantly. The overwhelming majority of work I do is online, assuming they're a good fit for it. There's people that I tip, I will not coach online because it won't work for them. Yeah. I would never work with someone who's not a good fit or it wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, but it's relatively easy to do remotely. And I have found that accountability, whether it's with me or any other coach in the world, like I, people need coaches. It's so useful to have someone on the other end with that feedback and then deciding what the next step is. Because at some point you're going to be like, I don't know, I've been walking for three weeks. What's the next step? I'm bored or I don't know how to progress it or I don't know what to do. And even that outside eye, even if you're a fitness expert, that outside eye is so useful to point out what you might not be doing or a way forward you haven't thought of. In my case, it was, okay, put on a heavy backpack and go for a walk, jump. Like, oh, I hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, yeah, I have a backpack and I own books. Okay, away we go. You can do it. Yeah, so I think it's fascinating because you're not talking about form. You're not talking about any you know particular kind of a type of exercise. It's, it depends on whatever somebody wants to do, but you're being that beautiful accountability buddy. So I love that. People who want to find you and get some of this wonderful coaching help support, how, what's the best way to find you? We're going to put it in show notes, but say it on the pod, please. If you're on social media, I live on Instagram. So at feelstrongfit is an easy place to get in touch. I answer every single DM. So reach out with any questions. Uh, if you're not social media, the website is feelstrong.me. Beautiful. I want to thank you so much for giving me confidence to get off my tush. And needless to say, I might sign up myself. And now I won't. I will sign up myself because this has been bugging me. And so the fact that you're here for me is divine intervention. And I'm just grateful for you and your presence today. So thank you so much. It already makes it worth it. Thank you. So before we completely wrap up, I want to let you know that full transcripts and show notes for this and other episodes can be found on the website, www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com forward slash podcast. I also want to remind you once again, that the best way to get confidence for yourself is to give it to others. And you can do it so easily just by liking and sharing this episode on your favorite social media channels. You can even give me some confidence fuel by sending in any comments about the topics I've covered or ones you'd like me to consider for the future. So for now, this is Alyssa DeVere. Thank you for helping to bring more confidence to the world. This podcast was produced by Mindful Media. All rights reserved by Alyssa DeVere and the American Confidence Institute. Music written and performed by Jeff Weinstein.